Welcome to the Ask Sue Show. A very excitable Ask Sue today because I get to speak to somebody I have not spoken to before and who I absolutely love to bits. I've watched the shows. I've seen him on the TV and doing amazing things with an absolute special talent. And I do apologize to everybody for the change in times. But, of course, Derek is very busy and we did have to, of course, get him onto the show. So I would like to welcome Derek Okora to the Ask Sue Show. Hi, Derek. How are you doing? Good morning, Sue. I'm fine. Thank you. Good. 
Thank you very much. Now, Derek, uh, I've got so much to ask you. I feel like I've got like 50 in my head already. <laughs> yes. So, so obviously, um, I've been reading about that you've just been doing um, an event, uh, events up in Scotland. Um, yes. Tell people what you do and, and what you've been doing in Scotland. I'm sorry if you can hear my dogs barking in the background, but uh, we've just had someone call to the door, and this it, is what it's happened. Okay. So. Derek- uh, on the Ask Sue show, we absolutely love dogs, and we're animal advocates, and I, I actually wanted to bring that up with you as well, so that's brilliant. <laughs> Carry <Okay>. on. <laughs> well, if you, hear, if you hear them in the background, they will settle down. Yes, um, Sue, we've just come back from Scotland. We did three shows um, each night, um, and absolutely, thoroughly, thoroughly uh, enjoyed um, you know, getting the connections for the lovely people in the audience. There were fabulous um, crowds, fabulous audiences, and I couldn't ask for any more. I'm absolutely, this actual tour, um, I'm enjoying it out of my skin, really. Yeah, yeah. So, so Derek, explain to people, for, for say, one or two people that haven't heard of you, what exactly you do? Well, I'm a spiritual uh, clairvoyant, clairaudient medium, and I connect with the world of spirit. I bring uh, loving uh, messages to the people who are actually within the audience. It could be either, you know, parents, husband, wife, um, depending on, you know, who's actually uh, available to cross the veil and come and, uh, you know, make themselves known to me, which then from there on in, I will uh, connect with the person generally um, these days. The spirit person who's in visitation, who's connecting with me, will invariably, best part of the time, know where the person um, is in the audience. And these days, I don't stay on the stage much. I go straight to the people and say, you know, I've got a loved one, and explain exactly what they're saying, where they are, who they're with, um, to give reassurance. Also, on my evenings um, and other mediums' evenings, I like to think that a healing process does sometimes take place. Uh, with a person yeah. who needs maybe closure, uh, maybe, I don't know, a mother's lost a, a son to the world, a spirit or a daughter, and they can be most horrible things for a person to actually face. Um, how often do we hear uh, mothers saying, you know, it's not right, it's wrong, you know, a child shouldn't uh, go before the parents and so on and so forth. So there's so many things happening on these evenings. Um, there's emotional, um, uh, strong connections. There's also... I like. I, I tell my audiences I'm not uh, morbid. I'm quite. I, I've got a, a sense of, on a sense of humour, and there may be yeah. laughter within the evenings, which all you know comes into the package of trying to hope that, that in the connections we can uh, have those lovely people go out saying they've really enjoyed the evening, and that's what I try to achieve. Exactly. I, I work and, and on a very. Is- sorry, I work on a very high energy vibration with Sam, my guide. So basically, um, the people see Derek Akura as the medium, really enjoying themselves with the connections. Um, they, you know, as I say, there's nothing morbid about my evenings. Exactly. And, and I want to say, you know, Derek, and you're absolutely right, and we say about this in the Ask Sue show, we do various spiritual um, shows and all sorts, and, and it's all about, it doesn't matter what we believe in, you know, and I say this to everybody, it doesn't matter what people believe in or whatever, it's about having those beliefs, but also about sharing love to each other and laughter. And, and it doesn't, anything that we do shouldn't always mean tears. You know, even when people are bringing through, um, through their past loved ones, 
that is about bringing through. They, they, the past loved ones would not want to bring always tears. There might be no. an odd joke that's sent through. Because I know if, yes. if my, some of my past members, they're sure to chuck a joke in there or take the mick out of something I did or said or, or fell over or whatever. Absolutely, you know what I mean? yes. It's not always negative things, is it, that they send no, through? No, you know, no. it, you know, people say, oh, they'll make me cry or, or whatever. That isn't always the case, is it? No. I, I, in actual fact, I, I, I feel within, especially this tour, um, the Eternal Spirits tour, which were probably about 17 um, shows in, I would say there's been more laughter than tears, uh, purely simply because some of the characters that are actually coming through whether, you know, whoever's in the audience, whether it be a wife or a husband or a grandmother, grandfather, whatever, if that character, that person, was full of character in physical life, uh, they don't change overnight. They don't become angelic and cherubic. They still hold, hold as you know, they hold on to their personalities, as was. Yeah. So, of course, if they want to crack an anecdote or something that the person in the audience knows, um, that can only come from that loved one. Um, uh, you know, that also uh, brings, I suppose, to a degree of validation um, for the person to trust, the person in the audience to trust what the medium is receiving for him or her. Yeah, yeah. So, Derek, let's, let's, go, let's go way back just a few little years to when you were younger. When, mm. when did you actually find out that you got this gift? Well, I had this... Um, uh, looking back on it, I had this experience at the age of six. I wasn't quite seven. In those days, uh, mum and dad um, shared the home with uh, my grandmother, who owned an old Victorian house. For whatever reason, they hadn't gone for a, uh, looking for a home, gone for a council house or anything like that. They were quite happy, you know, to, to stay there. Mum was because dad was a seafarer and he was away for long stretches at a time. And so everything was convenient, even our schooling, my schooling, our school was only virtually opposite my grand's front door, so everything was convenient to be there. Um, but back to this experience, um, I'd not long uh, come back from school, and Gran had this, uh, in the Victorian house, right at the very top, this room um, made into like a, a kiddie's playroom. So when I came uh, back from school with my brother, um, we used to be sent right to the top of the, um, the, the house and just play before dinner. Um, and this exactly what happened. My mum at the foot of the stairs shouted up to us to come down because our dinner was ready. And Colin down the stairs and um, myself and Woody, I followed him with me being the youngest. I, I was the last to get down the stairs. But I got onto the last landing, as they call it, uh, where there was a bedroom either side. And just as I was ready to go down the, the last lot of stairs, I had this bang and rumble. And I turned with, I suppose, a shock as a six-year-old boy. And I looked yeah. and I saw this man standing in the doorway of the bedroom. And I could see him very tangibly. I could see the clothes that he was wearing. He um, was objective, certainly wasn't subjective. Um, and I thought at that moment, I froze. And I thought, there's a strange man in my grand's house. Not yeah. knowing what I was going to be regaled with later on, but um, and he walked over to me and he spoke to me. I could hear him very clearly, and he told me to go down and tell Mum and tell my gran that I'd been, I'd seen Richard and I've spoken to Richard. I didn't know who Richard was, yeah. so I raced down the stairs um, into the kitchen area where Mum and Gran were preparing the food. Well, the food was prepared; it was ready to be brought in. And I told her, 
then my mum and grandmother thought there was a strange man, a big man in one of the bedrooms. They looked at each other and they, they forgot about the food, grabbed my hands and then raced me through the lounge up the stairs <laughs> to the bedroom. And lo and behold, there was no one there. So I looked at my mum and I, and I said to my mum, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling fibs, I'm not telling lies. I saw the man, he told me, yes. So my grand consoled me and she said, come downstairs. She sat me at the table. She went to an old cupboard and she opened the cupboard door, brought this old tin box out, took the lid off it and emptied the contents onto the table. And she said, look at those, son. And they were all old images and photographs of people, head and shoulders, people who were in full dress. Have a look, careful look and see if you can see the man in those photographs. So I looked and I looked, and then suddenly I saw one. And that was one of this man who I saw upstairs, Richard, head and yeah. shoulders. Then I saw him in the dark grey three-piece suit that I could see, that I saw him upstairs in. Yeah. And I said, this is a man, who is he? you know, he's a strange man, what's he do? And Granda said, don't worry, this man will not get in our house anymore. And just forget about it now. Uh, maybe we didn't have the lock on the door. And looking back, it was a couple of years later, because they wouldn't tell me then. Yeah. But with Grand being a medium already, she knew that I'd seen my grandfather, who passed over two and a quarter years before I was actually born. And, I, and he'd spoken to me. That was my first experience. See, I, I, I'm always fascinated because um, with children getting it as well, do you know what I mean? And I know mm. that, obviously, children are the most open to it all. I think, you know, they oh, they yes. are so laid back with it, do you know what I mean? And I've actually yeah. got um, children myself that are very switched on to it. I've got a 13-year-old. And mm. he he just literally said to me one day that he could see him in his bedroom, he could see him in his window, and he said, Mum, even when I go to the toilet, you can't have the be his bedroom, he's got three steps, and then we've got the bathroom. He said, Mum, as I'm coming down them three steps to the bathroom, they're waiting in the bathroom for me. Yeah, yeah. That, that could yeah. be why he misses the toilet so often. <laughs> bless him, yes. yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, how did you find it as a child? Because, I mean, I, I didn't pick up these gifts until I was much older. But with mm. um, Jamie, he's younger. How, how did you deal with it as a child to be able to see that? Well, I was very fortunate because when Gran realized, um, you know, that I'd had this experience, I was the one that would follow in her footsteps. I, I was the one that had the gift. So she carefully, virtually wrapped her... Uh, a blanket around me, if you like, of protection. Every time I, I, I got an insight, every time I saw things, every time I, I got feelings about things, I had my grand to talk to about these things, and she'd explain to me it was a process that, you know, I was uh, meant to undergo, even at a younger age, but she did tell me that there would become a time in the not-too-distant future where I would stop experiencing things because... I was old enough to understand at the age of 11 that um, I was to basically stop developing because of what was going on inside, it, it, what I wished for, what I wanted as a boy, what, how I could see my future. And, you know, basically, if you're going to think this is bizarre or your listeners are, but all I wanted to be, I didn't want to be, after that experience, I didn't want to be following in my grand's footsteps. I didn't want to be a medium. As I said yeah. in those, you know, seeing ghosts and, and apparitions and stuff like that, all I wanted to be was a footballer. I wanted, that was my dream as a child. That's what Jamie wants to be too. Is it? Well, I hope yeah. he, he does it before 
you know, um, he starts uh, doing the work with spirit. But um, and I part realised my dream. I mean, I, I played for my school team, junior sides, and what have you. Unknown to me, I and a number of other uh, players playing for the town team and the county were getting watched by professional football clubs. And at the age of thirteen, uh, Liverpool Football Club and Wrexham, who were in the fourth division, uh, shown a, a very keen interest in me, and so I started training with Liverpool Football Club on Tuesday and Thursday nights at the age of 13, carrying on with my schooling, and I signed what we call schoolboy associate forms in those days, which meant that that football club would have first option on you when you left your schooling, your studies, and as right. it was. I, I wanted to sign for Liverpool Football Club, and I wanted to leave my schooling against my parents' wishes. And at the age of 15 and a half, I left school and I joined Liverpool on the staff as an apprentice pro. And it was a dream come true. Um, yeah. There I was with the great Liverpool Football Club, the great Bill Shankly in those days. Uh, a boy couldn't ask for any more, as far as I was concerned. Unfortunately, I tried so, so hard, like a lot of players, and I didn't uh, reach the mark of um, the first team. As I got as far as the reserves. Uh, could never break into the first team. Um, in those days, every player in the, in, in, at the club in, in the first team were all internationals. So it was hard to, you know, uh, take the place of a, a, a present-day international. And I just moved on, and I, I did a number of clubs, pro clubs, um, and I ended up my footballing days in Australia with a wife and a young son. Um, and I started taking my coaching badge out there. Um, unfortunately, to speed this up, I got a knee injury. I had an operation on it. It came back the following season. Everything seemed to be okay. And then Wallop, two games into the, the next season, it went again. But this time it was the crucial ligament. So I was actually told I was finished in my football at the tender age of 27. Right. And I was just absolutely gutted. Gutted yeah. I was. And we came back to England and I thought, what am I going to do? And I, and I always remembered my grandmother um, saying to me that, you know, she quoted that I'd, I'd, she could see me playing professional football, but I would come when it was right and when the timing was correct, I would come back. Now, it didn't mean to say because I was playing football and training and, and living that lifestyle that I wasn't getting insights. It had started really, really coming back to me in my playing days. And I could see things, and I used to tell the players different things, wives, if something was going to happen. And sure enough, m most of the time these things would happen. A lot of the players used to call me bizarre, used to call me weird, um, uh, strange, all those uh, words which you understand what I'm saying. And um, so I, I came back to England, and I started to, I, I hated going to bed because every time I seem to go to bed, I go into this like dream state of, of you know, seeing people talking to me and, oh, it was, it, it was unbelievable. So I got to a way where I, I thought, well, my grand's coming through to me here and she's saying, now's the time. So I, I firmly believe that she gave me the, uh, the courage. She asked me, she said to me, to go and attach myself to a spiritualist church where development, I didn't know of spiritualist churches, I didn't even know if they existed. So yeah. I, I checked out and I found out that they were, and I went to one 
uh, a local one in Liverpool, and I just sat down. I didn't know what went on in there at the time. And there was maybe about 40, 50 people sitting there. And then, lo and behold, a medium came out and st stood on the podium and started talking. And then she started talking about um, a lady uh, by her name, uh, what she passed with, you know, what her ailment was. And then that lady was joined by a man, a Scottish man, um, who um, was uh, a manager of a football club. Uh, and I was uh, a young apprentice when he was, was Bill Shankly. Yeah. And they both said, now is your time. Place an ad in the, the papers. Yes, I joined the development class. And within a very short space of time, I had where they must have given me the guts to do it. I placed one solitary ad, would you believe it so, in the Liverpool really? Echo, offering my services to come out to people to do, you know, private readings for them. And just, just one solitary ad. I got a response from that one ad which uh, allowed me to go out over the next fortnight to do readings virtually every early evening. On top of that, those people started, um, they must have enjoyed the readings and the word of mouth, as they call it, the greatest tool, yeah. uh, they yeah. told people. And that's how it all started, and it never stopped since. And just different things happening to me along my, my life, not going for things, not looking for things. And I did private readings in an office eventually after about 12 months. So I got rented an office, and I did that for something like 19 years, 20 years, Monday to Saturday. Yeah. Uh, that was before radio and television and all that stuff started for me. Yeah. So, so what actually gave you, what was the next step from that, then, Derek? Because obviously, you, like you said, you've been doing the private readings. Was it daunting to go that step further, or did you just have that confidence and obviously spiritual guidance behind you to just be well, able I to push you that step further? I, I didn't. I had confidence in my private reading, but to go the next step was a bit of a shock to me because I got a, a phone call one day in my office in between readings, and it was the producer of a radio show on Radio Merseyside. And it was a program called Billy and Wally, who were icons in Liverpool, you know, in the radio business. And they asked me to come on to their program because they started, one particular afternoon, they started doing a, uh, as they called it, a psychic show, where they'd take calls from people. And, and they asked me to go and be like the resident medium and to try it anyway, at least so. I went along and I took calls and I started giving people uh, readings over the air and uh, it was successful and then they asked me to, uh, they then thought it was so successful that they asked me to do two days, which I did in the afternoon. And then Radio, um, that was Radio Miss, had Radio City then, um, a rival radio station also asked me to go across the the road one day in the week and do likewise then um i was doing those two and then suddenly we had radio lancashire they asked me to go in in the evening time red rose radio asked me to go in the evening time so i was doing about six it just started with one and then suddenly yeah. it was about six that i was doing it within the weekday and evening time um and that's i i didn't look for it I wasn't, yeah. you know, I was very happy and content um, to do my private readings and work for Spirit that way from the office. But it seems that people, you know, um, 
heard about me or whatever and um, decided to try me on, on the radio station, and uh, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I, I did the stations for um, a number of years, and then later on, um, the radio station from London, um, Talk Sport, James Whale made contact with me. And so he'd like me to go on Talk Sport um, from 10 in the evening till 1 in the morning, uh, once a week. Right. So I travel down to London, um, do the, the the three hours, and then stay over in a hotel and then and come back. So it was really, really, I was very busy then because I was doing trying to do my private readings, which I had them booked in for, and my commitments with the radio station. And then before I knew it, um, I got invited by a producer at Granada TV in Manchester to come along and do a brand new show, which was called Psychic Lifetime. And the programs I, I, I did with uh, Granada Breeze was amazing. Um, I think it was some like five different shows. Uh, I know that they said to me they wanted me to, for the first time, do an audience with Derek Akora, which yeah. meant people would come along to the studios. And they were averaging between, say, 75 and 100 people in a small studio. And I would do live readings for them. We did that, Predictions with Derek Acora, that was hugely successful. We did Out and About with Derek Acora, where I went out to um, historic places, haunted places. This was way before Most Haunted. Yeah. And I used to just go out with a crew, sound man, producer, cameraman, and I would do the presenting of it, apart from doing the investigation. That was hugely successful. So by this time, I, I was working for Granada, something like between four and five days a week. And I, I, I had to then cut down my private readings with the eventuality that I stopped doing them because my, my commitments were with, uh, you know, television and radio. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever think, you know, when you started doing the actual readings, was it ever, a, you know, did, was it your dream to go that bit further or don't, were you just happy doing the readings, the private readings and, and giving people what they needed to know and what they yeah. were looking for? In my total honesty, Sue, I didn't dream for one, one iota that. Um, I, I had that uh, facing me in the future. I thought it was the private readings, which I was very happy about. I used to see a lot of people, and a lot of people, you get the feedback saying how much I'd helped them. Um, in fact, there was one area of time where um, there was a, a, an old priest, he ended up a canon, um, come to see me, and he said um, that the reason why he came to see me at the office is because so many of his parishioners have been for readings, and he wanted to see who this chap was, as he called me, who was, you know, <laughs> being able to tell people things about their loved ones in the world of spirit. And, you know, and he just had to come along and see who I was. Um, by the time we finished our meeting, he just stood up and he shook his hand. And he said, keep on with your good work, son. Because no, he was in his 80s. Keep yeah. on with your good work. You're making the difference. Well done. Yeah. But don't quote me on that, he said. <laughs> and off he went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I so I was very proud of that in the sense that here we have a, was a Catholic priest who became a canon who come along to see me um, and uh, just to check me out uh, what his parishioners have, uh, have been saying to him. Um, yeah. So I, I was well pleased over that. Um, so yeah, I didn't plan anything in my mind. I 
I, I, I never dreamt I would go on radio. I never dreamt I would be on television. I never dreamt I'd end up on the program called Most Haunted or Derek Akora's Ghost Town. All those things have happened because, again, I've not gone looking for these things. They just so happen. And I believe that the world of spirit um, conjured this up, this pathway. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously... When I introduced you on this show, I obviously didn't introduce Sam onto the show because everybody yeah. who knows you obviously knows that your guide is, of course, Sam. Uh, where did, how, or I don't know, quite know how to say that to you. How did you meet? How did you come about? How did you find Sam? How did you get that connection? Okay. Well, first off, when I had that experience at the age of six with my grandfather, my grand waited till I was about nine to sit me down with mum and explain to me what she actually did. Because I must point this out to you so you, you get, a, or your listeners get a, a better picture of it. Okay. In those days, as I was at my schooling and I'd come home and I'd be sent upstairs, you know, to play and what have you, often, often, I would be, and we used to come home for our, our lunchtime, and there was always, always someone coming in and ringing the bell or knocking the, the, the knocker on the door. And I'd look up the hallway, and Grand would go and open the door, and you'd see maybe three, four women, or sometimes men as well, coming in, being, you know, let into the, the house, and then ushered into the front parlour, as they called it in those days. And then yeah. the door shut, and then Grand go and listen. And I used to think, my Grand's got so many friends, because mm-hmm. they were coming every day. Yeah. And I didn't know she was actually a parlour medium doing readings for people. And it was only later on in the years, you know, that Grant told me what she did, and I was following their footsteps. And she told me about guides and helpers from the world of spirit. She said, I'm not going to fog your mind with too much, but you have got one. She told me who he was, and when it was time, he would make his first, in other words, entrance to let me know um, by talking to me. And, you know, the years have gone by, and I've forgotten, I suppose, forgotten about him. But when he did, yeah. when he did make a show, I was in my, um, we were in our new home. We left Grand's, and Mum and Dad got a brand new council house. And I'm sitting in the lounge, very happy, comfortable, reading a magazine on one of the settees. Dad was home from away at sea. We're all a very happy family. It was mid-afternoon. Then suddenly, I heard this voice. I knew it wasn't anyone in the room because I'd never heard this voice before. And I thought, what the? So I just quickly excused myself and went up the stairs into my bedroom. No, first off, I went into the toilet, would you believe it? Because I was so like... And then (laughs) I I mentally said, who is this? Nothing. So I moved from the uh, the bathroom to my bedroom um, and sat on the end of the bed and said it again. Next minute, I heard the voice again. And he was speaking to me, told me who he was. And, well, I was just, <laughs> good thing I remembered what Grant had said those years before. And so yeah. I started asking him questions um, and always saying at different times in the day and night, are you around? Are you around? Sometimes he'd say yes, and other times I wouldn't hear anything. But he was testing the water, so to speak, to see, you know, his connection with me. But did say to me um, that he would work with me, um, for me, um, and so on and so forth. But what he regaled me with was what I was going to undergo, which I started doing. 
I remember I said about the sleep state every time I went yeah. to bed. And suddenly I found myself in, like, in my eyes, my thoughts when I woke up. I was in Africa or somewhere like that where there was a village and there were, you know, um, black people. And, and um, it turned out that Sam was, I'd met Sam in my previous life. I was an Ethiopian boy, born of an Ethiopian family. And he, in those days, was known as a, a seer. I suppose Europeans them call it the, an oracle, who could say, in other words, it was a medium, but could see things for the heads of the villages and tell them things about the crops, whether it was going to be a good year, what to watch out for, and, and they used to feed him. And that's what Sam's role was in those days. He knew me as a young boy and my family, my parents within that village. Um, yeah. So that's where the connection was. Sam, from the previous lifetime, um, it was already planned that I would reincarnate and he would look after me as my spiritual uh, guardian, the main guardian, uh, throughout my life. And uh, I've got to say, uh, the good man has never let me down in anything, whether it be in spiritual uh, connections, in one-to-ones, whether it be in an audience, whether it be in an investigative programs, which I've done. Uh, he's never, ever let me down in any way, shape, or form. So I've not just got admiration for the man, I've got great love. Um, I've got to say, just by, let's say, your great gifts and your successes and your fantastic events and shows that you've done, we can all see that he's never let you down. But you've also not let us down, too, to be fair. It's a, a, a two-way team, and you've both, both done very well. <laughs> have yes. you... Oh, have, uh, sorry, Derek, go on. Uh, no, he's often said to me, you know, uh, come on, take a little bit of it yourself. Don't always yes. be talking about me. Well, I do talk about him a lot. Um, and he's, he's saying those words. Without me as the instrument here, uh, he couldn't come through and do his good work either. So it worked exactly. out both ways. So I need to ask you this, Derek, because this is a question really for myself as well, but I know other people are the same. You know, there's a lot of us that are spiritual and there's a lot of us that get messages and everything. But some of us don't see guides and have never connected with guides. Now, we have so many different people tell us. So I always ask people, do you, do you think that everybody has a guide and do we all see them? Well, most definitely the answer to the first thing is yes. Every person is designated a spiritual main guardian guide from birth to what we call, you know, physical death, meaning going on the journey back over to the world of spirit. But alongside the guides... We have helpers that come in close around us at certain times in our, what we call our growth and our life. Um, and they're just helpers. Um, as far as do everyone see the guides, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, the reason why not everyone seems to be able to do this is because what I've been told is that there are certain see, we all, we all have different levels of mediumship. Yeah. There's never any one that's quite the same as another on the vibrations that we work. As I've been told by Sam, I've always been meant to work from a very high energy vibration, which allows Sam to be so known by me. Some of the people who work on a lower energy vibration, which uh, disables the the seeing of the guide uh, in clarity. Maybe they are fortunate that they see them subjectively, uh, you know, through the third eye. 
uh, objectively, um, mediums who uh, work on high vibration will actually see their guides. So I always say to people, look, if your guide is not really push forward and try to associate with you, but they're still there anyway. Um, don't be worried about that because that guide, your guide, will take you along the path that you're meant to go. You know, already, there's a word called premeditated that we can use in many things. And to a, a very large degree, all the instruments of mediumship around the world, no matter who they are, how long they've been doing it, they will only do what they're supposed to do and meant to do um, because of what's already planned. So basically, I say, well, if a, a, another medium's a little bit, I'm not jealous, but a little bit envious of another medium, uh, it's silly to be that way because um, everything's planned of what we're meant to do as an instrument. Um, yeah. We're not always privy uh, or knowledgeable to know um, unless, of course, we ask, we ask our guardian, and generally, as I've had with Sam, he's told me. So basically, I, even I to this day, I roll along with spirit. I don't plan anything. And I always say, to me, it's my best policy. I would say the same for everyone else. But people get disappointed in mediumship if they don't think that their gifts will allow them um, you know, this um, extra uh, facility in seeing their guide. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. If they think, well, I'm not hearing my guide, oh, believe me, people do, but it's not coming through in in a audible voice level. But guidance comes through in many ways. Um, I, I say these words, I've always said it, and my guide said it, my grandmother said it. There's a word and it says, let go, let God. Now, how people conceive God, if they conceive God at all, is another matter. I do believe, I do believe in the great source and the great power. Maybe not in the manner in which we've been led to believe through religions, but there is a great power. And that great power is a power of love. Now, if we trust love, uh, it'll never take us the wrong way. That's the yeah. way I see it, simplified. Yeah. See, now, I, I, very quickly, I need to explain how, how, how I've done it with um, people, because I've said to people, I don't know who my guide is, but I mm. always get messages through my grand. And I've spoken yeah. to many people, and they've said to me, the reason that they are showing you your grand is because of your grand being so close. And she said, yeah. well, what do you say about your grand? I said, well, I trust my grand 100%, no questions asked. If she would yeah. said to me, jump this way, I would have trusted what she said, and I would have done it. And they yeah. said, that's exactly why they're showing you your grand because there's yeah, no other guy that would be able to give you that 100% as much as your own gram. That's right. Radical trust is the word. There's my grand myself, okay, a medium for 50-odd years and what have you. She's not got the enviable or unenviable job as Sam has to be my guide. But it doesn't mean to say she doesn't um, uh, work alongside him or yeah. give him help from the higher side of life with my mediumship, because I know she does, but she also knows her place. I mean, she was a lovely lady. She was a lovely medium. She was just a lovely human being, like a lot of people are. Um, yeah. She's extremely happy in the world of spirit. She's notoriously happy that I, I've been walking this path for all these years now. And um, she's often, often, I, I go to shows and suddenly she'll appear 
by the curtains or something or in the dressing room say, just keep cheering me up saying, keep going, son. You know, I've got yeah. this age, he's still calling me son, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you. She'll always call me son. Oh, bless I think there's no, I, I, I mean, I always feel great love for my grand. I mean, I always feel like she's always around me. But yes. does it still amaze you, Derek, the gift that you've got? Does things still yeah. blow you away with the messages that you are able to give to people? Oh, absolutely, Sue. I was even saying, you know, these in this tour alone um, that I've done, uh, I'm very fortunate that my wife is so keenly interested in my work, works alongside me, she gives me that support. And, you know, if my wife's up there at the theatre and I'll come backstage, uh, at, you know, at the break or at the end, and I'll say, wow, you know, uh, that's just taking my breath away. The depth of the, um, the content of a connection for a person um, and, you know, seeing people's faces look at each other and say, how on earth? Now, that... That is yeah. great satisfaction to me because yeah. it's telling me that not only did they receive that loving message, that the content of that loving message was real to them and was truthful. Because, you know, something I've always done, I know not all mediums do it, but something I've always done, and my grand did tell me, and even Sam, that I should do it. And there's, after every uh, evening, uh, you know, demonstration show, I will stay behind. I'll talk to people, I'll do autographs, photographs of people, have a little chat and what have you. And just alone, the amount of people that stay behind after a show, and them telling you, the men included, the men who maybe, you know, I'm sure you've heard it, oh, sceptical-minded, or oh, cynical-minded, <laughs> oh, my God, you've changed my thoughts. Um, yep. Oh, wow. This one. And to hear all that, it makes you then feel not only you doing the right thing that it keeps you going and keeps you strong uh, so you do need a little bit of along the way i suppose it comes under the word egotistical or ego you need a little bit of you know back yep. up on that from the lovely people who've received the messages and uh, you know i'm very at peace with myself and i've been for a long time that spirit have never um stared me in the wrong way to give falsified this or falsified that. People have accused on different things, but, you know, normally the accusers are the guilty ones, not the people who they are accusing. Absolutely. Now, before we move on to that, because I do want to bring that in with you, we were talking about, you know, obviously things that you've done. Is the dreams that you have, Derek, that you'd still like to achieve? Oh, yes. There are many, there's still many, and, you know, I've spoken with Sam about it, and he said a lot of them will still be realized by you and for you. Um, I went out um, very, very happily out to Egypt a number of years ago to do a series called um, uh, Paranormal Egypt with Derek Akora. And we did a series, we spent six weeks out there, and we went to so many places, places that the Egyptian government didn't allow uh, ordinary folk to go to to investigate this to the, it was one of the greatest greatest things I've ever been able to experience uh, wonderful I was treated wonderfully we were treated wonderfully by the Egyptian uh, antiquities Dr. Hawass the, the main man and actually after the series the man wrote me a letter and invited me into Egypt with my wife and friends anytime I liked 
Um, in other words, saying you got the keys of Eden because you respected our ancestors w when you did that series. So yeah. that was a big achievement. I've, I've still got that letter. That was lovely. Um, and there are sacred sites still all around the world. A number of years ago when I was at Granada Breeze, I was sitting down with the uh, producer and director of the programme, and they said, what would you like to do, Derek? What's in your mind? What's your dream? And I told them about these ten sacred sites. And only one of those sacred sites in one particular country has been realised. There's still nine to do. Yeah. Now, it's one thing having a dream to do it. Also, uh, not cheating, but asking my, my guide, will I realise these things? And he said yes. But then it takes the television production or the television production company with the networks to make the offer uh, to go and do these things. Um, at this moment in time, I'm in discussions with three networks, and I've been for months and months, one nearly a year. And if um, Spirit deem it and the, the television network want to do it and cover it, I will realise those next three, um, which will just make me feel, well, on top of the world. Um, yeah. So we've got those, and also another paranormal programme um, that would be different than the program Most Haunted, would most certainly be different than Derek Akora's Ghost Towns, certainly different to Paranormal Egypt. Um, yeah. But, you know, all we can say is just see what way we're steered and what way we, we actually go on this next portion of the pathway. Exactly. Now, um, I must admit, we've been talking about the retrograde and about how the world is changing and about oh, how yes. we feel that people are actually waking up in so many ways, Derek, at the moment. You know, what with spirituality, about yes. what's actually going on in the world. Do you feel that as well? Do you feel that people, there is Absolutely. a lot more people waking up to the spiritual world? Absolutely. The last 15 years, so uh, people's consciousness has, has been lifted. And that veil of suspicion that veil of ignorance and that veil not 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 a, a bad ignorance just an ignorance you know the truth being kept from so suddenly for that doorway to be opened and for people to decide for themselves to think a certain way uh, more so than what they were a week before a sudden change and people are noticing this about themselves and this is the greater power working we're, we're yeah. into a new age and that age can last up to you know i've had different authorities talking about ages, how long they last and what have you. But, you know, from spirit, an age can last up to 50,000 years. Now, if we go on that, it means, yes, it was perfectly meant, you know, as we got the 2012, the Mayan clock and this, that and the other. And a lot of people feared this and feared that. Well, I personally went out with Sam, which I paid for myself and my wife, to certain sites of the Mayan ruins, um, at the beginning uh, of 2012 and I did my own investigations with Sam and we checked this and we checked that and we came back and actually it's in my autobiography uh, which was started last, well, before we went out there um, and it's right at the beginning uh, of my findings and um, it was a revelation to me in the sense that um, feelings were telling me it's certainly not going to be the end of a uh, the world, is, you know, what our creator has built and developed and what have you. Um, and I, I, I was really pleased with that, to, to yeah. know and come back and say, yes, it's 
people's consciousness that really is being lifted up now. Um, you see the things that are happening, the warmongering on, on the planet still. You know, these leaders, these tyrants that have suddenly been caught up with and uh, been disposed of. I mean, this is all part of the greater, what we call, cleansing of our planet. Uh, bring it to more love against warmongering. And you'll yeah. see it continue on. Um, there is, as I understand it, a certain level of conflict that's going to be come to a head in certain parts of the world, but our Creator is not going to be, allow it to destroy His creation, and we'll deal yeah. with it, you know, accordingly as is. The great angelic fields now, um, the angelic realms are working so so hard uh, to bring order and to change things um, from the celestial that um, our great faith, absolute faith, that the changes will continue on, people's um, acceptance of a, let's say, a knowledge that they knew nothing about before is going to be really, really coming to the fore. Um, and the end product eventually is that um, the planet will become... Um, uh, spirited that's the right word to say spirited properly by humankind and yeah. then who knows then are we, is there going to be such a thing called no more wars and warmongering is it going to be uh, the planet of love uh, that our creator is supposed to have um, wanted it to be um, but now we're going the right way humankind is going the right way but there's still a lot more adjustments there's still a lot more things to be done that could be seemingly unpleasant to, to rectify it, to cleanse um, look at the climate changes, all the things that have been happening, they're all part and parcel of this, yep. they yeah. really are, and I'm sure you know that anyway I, I, I'm not telling you uh, I'm sure no, no. the way you think uh, I, but, I love no. it the fact that you're, you're just backing up what I think and stuff and it's lovely <laughs> I'm really enjoying yeah. this <laughs> good, good. but um, um, obviously when we had the in December of last year we had got people saying oh the world is going to end and everything and I went yeah. and I, I did say to everybody at the time I said it is going to end I said you're right and they were like what and I went yep it is going to end it's an end of this world, but a nice, brand new world where people yes, right. are starting to wake up, when spiritual yeah. it is getting out there even more, where people are starting to connect, you know. So, yeah. and, and I've seen it myself, even through the shows and stuff, you've got more people. You will get even like the ordinary Joe Boggs who will ring because they're just that little question of, I think there actually is something there. And that's the thing, do you know what I mean? Yes. And people yeah. are well, starting the, the, to connect. The, 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 the spirit of infiltrating the the the, uh, the person's consciousness—it's yeah. an awakening. Uh, it's to me, it's a very lovely awake, awakening because when a person is illuminated by um, what we call the spiritual vibration, that person changes within. That person comes more at peace with life. That person can see uh, in a more lengthy vision. That, that there's reason for life, uh, that, and their participation is to be, you know, uh, uh, looked upon as saying life is, is sacred. Do the best with your life that you can. Make the difference, uh, and that makes you individually happy. It makes your spirit inside happy. There are too many people walking around in the world today because of the warmongering and the dictatorship.
yeah. whose uh, mind is bogged up with uh, hatred, bogged up with fear, um, and also um, bogged up with um, uh, thinking that there's no real reason for being here. Um, yeah. You know, we might as well not be here surviving because there's nothing to look forward to. Now, that is all changing. It has started yeah. to change, and it will continue. It'll progress, I believe, and it'll come at a faster rate. Um, it's like me saying now, uh, we are 2013. I firmly believe by 2020, this world would have changed so, so much for the better and yeah. on and so forward. So, yeah, I've got every faith, the strongest faith of anyone on this earth, that um, the higher side of life are reordering things for the better. Exactly. And, you know, I, I've got to say, and, and Max in the chat room has just actually said to me a question, which I was coming to with you. Obviously, you were t talking about people connecting and people starting to get together. What are you, going slightly off track with this with you, but what are your thoughts of um, the governments and how people are starting to wake up to them and also about the new world order? What's your thoughts, Eric, on that? Well, firstly, um, the governments, yes, and people waking up to the, um, the atrocious way that they, they are um, in a so-called controlled, um, positive manner. They are take, supposed to be taking care of people's welfares, and it's the opposite. Most Thank of them don't you. care a, a thing, yep. a tick about an individual, you're a number, you, you're not even that in actual fact. And spirit, that, that is left up to spirit to change, which they are changing, and they will. Uh, along the way, there will be an almighty change across governmental uh, conditions across the world. It will come. It is coming. So, people, I would just say to people, you know, all your gripes and your this and the other, just uh, a bit more patience, a bit more patience, and you will <laughs> see that change in that reorder. Um, because it's not going to be allowed to continue on much more. And especially um, the countries where uh, violence um, and no respect for human life, those countries will be ahead of the list first before, I suppose, the Western world. Yeah. Do you know what? I've just got to say to everybody now, we always say about we welcome certain people to the ASU family. I think everybody will agree. We've got to welcome Dr. Cora to the ASU family without a doubt because you are saying exactly what we've been saying on the show and trying to promote. And, it, and you're right. And you saying about patience, I think that was definitely for me because I, I must admit I'm one of these. It's not. I want it yesterday, not tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and I think you're absolutely right. People are starting to connect. And, and, and I've tried to say to people, and we, we've talked to so many different people, it's about sharing love. That's what yeah. it's all about. That's what the connection is. It is. And, and everybody, you know, and it's not, it's not always going to be a spiritual, it, it doesn't matter what religion they're in so much, Derek, as far as, no. as long as that love is shared. It doesn't matter what they believe. It's as that's long right. as they are sharing love with whatever it may be. And yeah. I think that's half yeah. the trouble. It has been that people are not sharing love anymore, that people are well, not connecting anymore. Do you know what I mean? I, I, and, and I, it's, I, I it's hard. Told my guides, I, so, I was telling my guides, in these connections, the word love, in order for it to function and function at its highest level, is action. After action, if we act in an action of love, 
the recuperations or no recuperations, what actually happens is what comes under the label cause and effect. If we cause love and we push it out to fellow humankind, the effect has got to be the most positive that will come back to you. And the same applies to countries and warmongery. If one at this moment to step back and say, we're doing with this now, we're going to destroy these mass wep weapons of destruction, and we want to aid and help not just our people of our country, but other countries. In other words, throw the swords down, throw the bullets down, throw the... Yeah. And act in a peaceful, loving way, and the results will be love tenfold coming back. Now, once they cotton on to this, and they get rid that means the higher power of all these negatives that are controlling countries, okay, that then the hard work has really started and you'll see the difference. And you know yeah. what? If that doesn't, in order for it to be full, fulfilled, if, if it doesn't mean that I'm going to experience me personally in this lifetime, that doesn't matter because I'll be watching it from the higher side of life yeah. and really, really clapping my hands saying, yes, Please continue on. Please keep doing it, you know? But the eventuality, yeah. whoever, how long it takes to do this, it will, will, will happen. It's gathering yeah. momentum all the time now. Yeah. Uh, Action it, of it, love. It, Show it. Act. Do it. And yeah. then you get the cause and effect um, effect. Yeah. I mean, I must just say, like, one point you were saying about people, you know, what annoys me is the fact it's like, I keep saying to people, can they not see that the, the connection is us people need to stand as one. We are bigger than the governments. And people cannot see the connection of love between everybody. If we could just change it back, even, I mean, I, I'm 38, but I'm thinking back, you know, people say back in the olden days, there was this, that, and the other. There was rationing, there was, you know, there was lack of food and everything else, but there was no lack of love. There was a closeness of family. Right. And, a comradeship, yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? And I look, and do you know what, Deb? I saw something absolutely horrendous the other week. I mean, I've seen a few different things that I can mention, but one that was got me was in Islam. And yeah. they had actually got a woman on the ground, and there was 20 people, and grown men, kicking the seven bells out of it, okay? And do you know what? If that wasn't bad enough, Derek, do you know what really finished me off? Is when a grown mm. man got a breeze block and chucked it on her head. And do you know what, I sat there for a minute, and I went, and I really did, it tested my spirituality for a minute, because I thought, yeah. how can this actually be happening? How, how can people could not click to the idea that this is actually happening in our world? And do you know what, when we shared it, I got abuse via inbox by people saying, why are you showing me this? Why do I want to see this? And I'm thinking, I, w I want people to see it because I want it to stop. There's, yes, there are people. Right. Yeah. There's but no see, religion, yeah. no government, no anybody that could talk yeah. to me to say, well, actually, it's because she did this. It doesn't matter. Nobody has the right. No, you know, and haven't. it just seems but, that sometimes they are so asleep. You know, yes, you know we, we However, can be doing so it, much more. Yeah, that's right. Individually, to become a collective, yes. However, because of the state of affairs of what, how the planet is being looked after, controlled, meaning by man, um, it's going to take the higher power to wield the change. 
Yeah. And these changes are coming. These changes will come. Yeah. And I've got total faith in it. It's only when these changes are instigated by the higher side and the higher power that man and woman will group together and they will, I'd say the tyrants will be overthrown. The ones who will be placed into very important positions will be Fisher and lover of men. These are yeah. the people are to come to show their faces, to do their very precious work. But we, as just ordinary souls, have to wait for that power to be wielded. And then, yeah. then we're expected, in a singular way, to go collective right across the world. And then the love of God and the love of man will then start to live. Yeah. Almost a, a, a heavenly life here. But we've got yeah. to wait on the higher power to instigate that's yeah. the way I've been showing it and told it. Yeah. Do you know what I always say? Um, isn't it a shame that we we actually say the words, they've gone to the other side to a better world? And I, and yeah. I think that's such a shame. I think that it's so it horrible that we, we say it like that. You know, why are we accepting this side as it is then? I think yeah, it's such yeah. a shame. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. However... That is, the, as we see it, that is the system of things. It can cause, in one's mind, frustration um, and uh, a feeling that you want to act individually. But as you know yourself, so individuals um, can, in, in the state of affairs the way they are now, individuals who stand up to this bully of power, man's power, um, you don't stand a chance because... One thing or another will happen to you, and life will just continue on. Yeah. But in a collective form, it, it, it's like saying these tyrants with armies of force who will just kill people, um, just the, the thought of it, no, no preciousness of feeling of life. These people have got to be dealt with by the higher power. There's nothing lesser that, that can depose them, get rid of them, bring uh, an era of change. All this has got to be done by the higher power. But yeah, definitely. we will see, we will mm. see humankind on the planet, okay? We will see it collectively across the world. And it's then when we all join together and then say, no, we want this gone and we stand by it, then no negativity will be allowed to control and look after humankind. It'll all be positivity of love. So yeah. that's why, if that's promised, as I've, I've promised, um, even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, it's of no consequence that. But the most important thing in my mind is to see that the changes have already been instigated and it's a continuation and it will continue. Later on, it'll get at a higher speed, higher definition, mm -hmm. and then we'll all see it then. And people yeah. will have more inner power, inner strength to stand up and say what they know should be. And the powers that are in force will no, no longer be. And yeah. that is a promise. That is a promise from the highest side of life. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I've got to say to you that um, 
Well, I think a lot of people at the moment, because of the fact that of this change at the moment that we all are going through, there is a lot of spiritual people that, that let's just say, are feeling um, that they are getting negativity. Also, there is this conflict of people with egos. And I've got to say, um, Derek, you've obviously had your fair share of that with, let's just say, jealous people, egos, yes. and and. Yes. and to be fair, there has been some times when you must really have, I want to say to you, did you actually question if you were doing the right thing and if you were in the right place? And how have you dealt with the ego fighting, I think is probably the best way, and the lower energy that's tried to knock you down? How have you dealt with all of that? Well, I've naturally always uh, lent towards uh, my crutch of Sam, uh, constantly speaking to him, also my grandmother, and other people in the world of spirit helpers, and they've always, you know, very buoyantly told me that um, in order for me to get to the place where I am presently and to go further, I have to accept that we're going to have these negatives of non-understanding or of jealous trait through ego. Uh, that is part of life as it is on this earth and has been for since, you know, the beginning. Uh, so I, I just have to broaden my shoulders, symbolically broaden my shoulders, and take what is um, thrown at me. But at the end of the day, these words were spoken and said to me very clearly and understandably that the, these souls will never stop Derek Akora or mediums like Derek Akora uh, stop working for spirit. No one has the power to do that here. So, you know, find some kind of uh, solace in that, which I have. Um, and also, um, ones who decided to think that way about me, direction and what have you, I've noticed, without lifting a finger, speaking, I've noticed that in a certain amount of time that those people who've done all this and mudslinging and lies and fibs, they don't reign very long. Yeah. You yeah. know? I wait yeah. for the cause and effect, and I also wait for the karmic, the karmic yeah. conditions to come full circled around these type of souls because it does happen. I'm a, a yeah. staunch believer in karma, uh, of its workings. Um, okay, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, it seems, for karma to meet out what should be meted out. Um, but the eventuality, it does happen. And I've noticed a number of these souls that have done this in the past, as Gwen and I, and even my family, who I love and love me, uh, they know who Derek Akora is. They know the truth from lies. Um, and they also, I suppose, in their own right, have been affected or hurt by it and, and stuff like that. But, you know, every one of them are standing firm there with me to this day. And they can't take me down. The only, the only way I can be taken down from my work is by the higher power. If the higher power says you, you're to stop this now, it will be stopped, and that's it. If I'm getting encouragement all the time, um, these last couple of years, uh, through the adversity of fibs and lies, uh, I've got stronger, uh, which was promised. And um, I'm not saying that I laugh in the face of adversity? No. I'm not saying I haven't got emotions and I, 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 I get hurt feelings. Of course I do. I'm a human being. 
yeah. uh, a father, I'm a, a grandfather, I'm a, a husband to a lovely wife. I've got emotional feelings like anyone else. However, what I've got over those people who've thrown this dirt is that they can't even comprehend, or may I say, don't want to comprehend that my work is the truth. So they try to bring it down. It doesn't yeah. matter. It really doesn't matter, Sue, because, as I say, if I was having my legs cut off, I'd still crawl and do my work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing yeah. is a power to stop me uh, doing the good that I'm supposed to do or any other good that any medium sets out to do for mankind. Yeah, absolutely. And I must admit, I mean, even with the show and everything, we, I've had my fair share of negativity. And the trouble is I wear my heart on my shoulder. And, and I know that you're very much, you're connected with the people. And people love you very dearly. I mean, I've looked on your, on your Facebook, I've, I've seen Facebook fan pages and all sorts. And they all of them just absolutely love you. But you're all always going to get a percentage of that. And even I've had that. But it's hard when you wear your, your heart on your sleeve. And, yes. and I always say to everybody, they say, how do you deal, you know, how, how are you connected with the spiritual world? And I say, I am put here to promote the psychic world. And that's yeah. what I've done, is I've, yeah. I've, I've, you know, had events where, you know, with Colin Fry, and I had Colin Fry on here literally a year ago, to, uh, last Wednesday, we had him on the Ask Sue show, and I was blown away by speaking to him. It was just brilliant to speak to him. Yeah. And yeah. Just an amazing man again. But that's what my, I feel that that's what my job is here. I am promoting mm. the psychic world, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, I, I just love I just love hearing all of these things, you know, about how, how you've dealt with things, how you go through things, and, and, and it just, and like you're saying, going through it as a child, you know, and it's lovely to hear people that have still talked to, and I'm going to say ordinary Joe Soap, you know, even after the show. It's lovely to hear that you actually go and speak to them after, but, you know, obviously you will always get the negativity, and I want to now say to you about um, Most Haunted, obviously... I loved you on Most Haunted. I watched that very much and, and was amazed by the things that you picked up and, and things. But did it ever frighten you, Derek? On, on, I mean, I saw times when you were literally taken over and everything. Has there been times that you've actually, I'm going I'm to say it as it came into my head then, freaked you out over things that have happened to you? Um, looking back, yes, um, there are uh, not a lot of occasions, but a number of occasions where... You know, where I found myself um, um, actually in one of the, the shows, if not a number of shows. And because I'd not experienced those things before, I was offering myself as a conduit, I suppose, when I uh, started um, saying yes to um, not being possessed, totally different word, to actually channeling a spirit energy or entity. Now, because yeah. I'd never in this lifetime really um, had gone down that path, I was aware of it. I had, I'd known mediums do it um, that I've met in my lifetime and uh, done it very successfully. But this is the first time of Derek Acora being called to even, what's the right word for this, even to consider it. Um, and it just so, so happened. And, of course, in those times, what was quite alarming at first was the idea that before I decided and said yes to being the conduit for a spirit energy to house itself for a short space of time 
within my uh, physical body, um, I didn't quite comprehend at first um, that there could be changes along the way once that spirit person was housed where they would make the decision how long they would uh, be housed within. And that really, after the first couple of occasions, that really, really drained me a lot, made me feel, uh, do I trust these spirit people? Um, and, of course, I had a lot of people around me who were very protective. Gwen, my wife, knew what to do. She was uh, in the background always. Ray Rodaway also was on a lot of the shows. He was there as well. Um, as far as Carl Beatty was concerned, um, Carl, bless him, he, he tried, when, of course, Gwen wasn't there or Ray, to be that person to release the spirit out of but he didn't know quite what he was doing. Um, and those occasions I felt as if um, at times I felt absolutely drained and done in. And I used to say to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I continuing to do this? Uh, it's not the greatest feeling in the world. Um, so, yes, the answer to it is, yes, I did a number of things for the sake of the, the, uh, the show in the sense that people, ordinary people in the lounges at home had never ever seen, or better still, never ever thought something like this could be done present day. Yeah. And it became very, um, I mean, I did get emails and letters from all over the world for the time I was on Most Haunted saying, you know, wow, wow, you know, I'm not talking about the people who debunk or say it's, it's, it's uh, false and this and that. I'm talking about people who were really, really sincere and saying, wow, you know, I'd, I'd heard about this or I hadn't heard about it, uh, what you feel like afterwards. And so, so there was great interest over a number of years from people from all over the world. Um, and, would you believe it, Gwen and I tried our best to answer these people, but it just got so much. It was you, you probably yeah. talking about millions and millions of communications from uh, uh, Africa, from Australia, from America, from Brazil, from, from everywhere, China, yeah. everywhere. Uh, so we couldn't answer the millions. We, we tried our very best to answer as many as we could back to the people. Yeah, yeah. So, now, yeah, I know there were times. Uh, I was a bit concerned. Um, but as I say, I did it for uh, the level of time that I thought it was, you know, helping the program for people to see something they've never seen before or understand something they've never understood before. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I've got to ask you, um, obviously there was a lot of people that were talking about Most Haunted after you finished with Most Haunted. What were the reasons for you leaving, and are you still talking to Yvette Fielding? Well, you know what? I've just recently um, spoken out about, um, you know, the feelings, concerns, and what have you. And I've been advised by, believe it or not, by uh, my lawyer uh, to stop talking about this now, unfortunately. Yes, I can understand um, that. Uh, yes, I've done I enough talking about it over the last seven years. I've done all kinds of interviews and so on and so forth. But I can answer certain things, and that is not that I'm, you know, um, in a position where I'm going to be hurt if I did speak. But 
if I can answer the thing, do I still speak to a vet fielding? A vet fielding stopped speaking in my direction uh, almost at the time that I finished on Most Haunted before I started Ghost Towns, because that's what I did. I went from Most Haunted, and my new show was called Derek Kukora's Ghost Towns, and I did so many series of that. And that was the last time I spoke to a vet fielding. Yeah. Uh, purely and simply because from whatever has gone on there with the fielding, she was the one who decided not to talk. Had she wanted to talk, Derek Okora would have talked to her. Yeah. But she decided not to. There's a multitude of reasons I know why, but I'm not prepared to talk about this anymore, purely and simply because um, what's actually happening is I have, for the past year and a half, been writing my autobiography, so... Yeah. And in this book, everyone will know exactly what happened with me in Most Haunted, why it was time that I left it when I did, going to ghost towns. A lot of people tell me, Derek Okora was sacked by Most Haunted. Derek Okora wasn't sacked by any Most Haunted. I was hired by Living TV to do Most Haunted through Antics Productions. And when I decided, I'd gone to Living TV and told them that I wanted to leave the program a year before I actually left. And they said, oh, no, Derek, don't leave this time because, you know, you're well-loved and this time. It'll spoil the program. People stop it. And I said, well, what can I do? And they said, look, we will develop a new program for you, but it'll take a little while. And we'll yeah. do it very quietly. We'll just carry on with the Most Haunted series. I think we went into the six series and the next three Most Haunted Lives, which I did. And then I announced on the last Most Haunted Lives, I was leaving the program. I was leaving the program. And where yeah. people got this idea that I'd been sacked, where'd that come from? That was only vicious lies from someone. Now, if I'd been sacked from Living TV, I wouldn't have got Ghost Towns, would I? Mm. For two years. Exactly. And I wouldn't have got Paranormal Egypt through Living TV. Yeah. And I wouldn't have got other programs I've done for Living TV. So I, I can't understand people's mindset that Derek Okora was sacked. Because if you get sacked by a network, you don't do any more work for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Sky you know, TV, I did a program for Sky. They wouldn't have took me on as I'd been sacked from Most Haunted so many years on. Yeah. So and, but, it was vicious lies by people who wanted to take Derek Okora down and my name and my image for whatever reason. You know, the, those sort of people that we talked about, about earlier in the interview? Yeah. Yep. The negatives, the ones who've yep. got ulterior motives to hurt, jealousy. We put all those negative things together. That's what happened. Yep, yep. Well, I was and just going to say, the reason that I brought that up, Derek, was not to be, <laughs> let me just say, vicious to you. I wasn't. No. Because I just want to be able to say to all those people that did do that to you, that I think I've been on the, the backlash of negativity, of name-calling, and, and, and accused of some absolute appalling things, and I am just a, a woman in Shropshire who's doing the best as she can, okay? Yeah. And I, I've yeah. been on the backlash, and it's a horrible place to be. It is a horrible place yeah. to be. And we do try to shut it off, but there is times that it does get to you, and you would, you, like you said yourself, you're human. 
So to those people that has gone at Derek and, and have tried to knock him down, I would just like to celebrate the fact of where Derek is. I think that you have been absolutely fantastic. And I think you need to stand up there tall, mate, because you've done a very good job. And I respect the fact that you've gone through all that and you've stood by it. And I have very quickly spoken to Gwen just before the show. And I would like to say to people that I've spoke to Gwen and I've asked Gwen to be able to come on the show because I would like to interview Gwen, the other half of Derek, if you like. Because I know it must be hard for Gwen, Derek, to see you taking all of this to be able yeah. to take all this negativity as well. And I think, to be fair, and I'm going to say it as it is, because that's what the Asu show does, you've done yeah. pretty damn well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yes. But you see, it's, it's not been because of uh, a, a lot of things. But you see, I've been a very fortunate man, very fortunate, that I, God has placed in front of me many years ago a young woman that has stood by me through everything. Yeah. You know, and enjoyed the, the, the happy and good times, but, you know, still there because she believes in her husband. She believes in the work that I do. She sees it daily, in and out. So she is a great advocate to, to get the truth from. Uh, and I hope, uh, that, you know, when... Uh, uh, I don't know if she has because I've not spoken to her, but if she has decided she, that your people will hear the truth and nothing but the truth from that lady's voice. Yeah. I, I just think it's lovely sometimes to get the other side. I don't mean that as I'm as I would see the other side. I mean that in the sense of, you know, I, I think to myself, oh my goodness, to be able to be so close to you and see you falling on the floor, being taken over mm. by spirit, and stood there as a camera, mm. and you're thinking, I really want to get to him. I need to get to him, and you can't oh, yeah. because it's the telly. It must yeah. have been really, really hard for her. But was it hard for you as well, putting Gwen in that position sometimes? Oh, absolutely. In, in fact, many times I'd say to Gwen before, you know, she stopped doing it, uh, you know, this is too much for you, you know, and she'd say, I'm there for you. I know that, that I should be there for you. Sam, have you asked Sam? I said, yes. What has Sam said? He said exactly the same. So come on then. And yeah, she did. Because we talk, you know, when we finished um, uh, a show before we went to bed, um, She'd go through it with me, you know, how I was feeling. Um, and really caring for me and, and saying, you know, do you really want to continue doing it at this pace like this? Because, you know, it'll take its toll. And that my answer each time is, love, I'm still okay. And, you know, mm. we've still got, you know, Sam with us here. And, 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 you know, she's just been a stalwart. She's been a star. She's been, she's been everything and beyond. I mean, if you, to ask me, uh, to turn the clock back 30-odd years and stuff and to say whether I was to meet Gwen as I met Gwen and Gwen myself, uh, if I was going on a different causeway, if I was doing something, if I was an electrician or a bus driver or a man who worked in the factory or I was a doctor or whatever profession, would I turn the clock back and change that direction? Well, Gwen would expect me to say these words, no. This has been an absolute wonderful experience for Derek, even the bad times, because it feels right ingrained within me that I was to walk this pathway because I've gained so much um, extra knowledge, so much deeper inner satisfaction that um, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. 
And yeah. another great question that gets asked an awful lot, but you've not asked it yet, but is people would say to me, well, Derek, your footballing career, when you were a footballer, uh, how was that compared with being a medium and doing all you've done? I said, there's no contest. Now, you've got to bear in mind that all I wanted to be as a footballer when I was a youngster. Yeah. And really, into my teenage years and even older, and I can say very, very clearly, what Spirit has brought to me and allowed me to walk is far greater than anything, anything I ever did as an aspiring footballer. No contest whatsoever. Yeah. Spirit, spirit, spirit. In actual fact, in my day playing football, no different than the present-day footballers, the ego in football, the money in football, it's no wonder all these guys are, you know, not everyone I know, but, you know, are going certain pathways and in their life because of this and that. And that. Um, in my day, you had managers in your football clubs used to say to you, you've got to build confidence. You've got to be confident, really cocky, and got to survive in football. So basically, I look at myself as a footballer and what I tried to achieve there and the way I dealt with life. No comparison. I'm a much happier man 30-odd years on as the man I am now. So yeah. no contest. Football, phew. No contest whatsoever with what, what I've done. Well, well, my answer to that is thank goodness you went into spiritualism because I don't enjoy football so much, so I wouldn't have seen you on football and I'm proud to have seen you so many times. Probably <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my wife, even to this day, Gwen to this day, has never liked football. And, <laughs> you know, when I first told her I was a football, she, she, did, she didn't want to know. Mm. She didn't want to know that I'd been a footballer. She said, Ugh. Um, because, <laughs> well, for whatever reason. But she said yeah. with more the bizarre that Derek Okora was an aspiring developing medium. Excellent. Well, Derek, we've got a couple of people waiting on the phone lines, and uh, are, are you able to do a couple of readings for us? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not prepared to do that today. Okay. No, uh, what about sorry. if they've got a question for you? Question, yes. Yeah, is that okay? Right, yes, let's just go to the phone, because there, there is two people waiting, and I know one person's been waiting for a quarter of an hour, so they must be pretty keen. Um, area okay. code 619, six, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. How are you? Uh, I can hardly hear you. Oh, okay, let me take you off the speaker. Uh, hi, how are you doing? Hi there, this is Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you doing? Uh, welcome Thank to the show. Have you got a question for Derek? Now, just to be saying that Derek is not doing readings, it's just any personal um, no, questions just, you've got for him. I'm, just in, I'm enjoying listening to him. That's that's fine. Thank you, though. I don't okay. really have a question. Thank you. Oh, all right, then. Whereabouts are you listening from? I'm in San Diego, California. All right. Oh, and what's, we always say, don't we, Derek, from the UK, what's the weather like? Oh, yeah, it's very nice here. Yeah, the weather's been great. Oh, goodness, we've got snow I know. in Shropshire. <laughs> we're sp- I know, we're so, so spoiled. <laughs> I know. Well, well, thank you for listening to the show, oh, and yeah. uh, I'll speak to you soon, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, Donna. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. If they're all as easy as that, Derek, we'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Um, area code 619. Hi, welcome to the show. I, I think that's me. It is indeed. Hi, how are you? I, I, this is Donna again. Sorry? 
This is Donna again. I just spoke with you. <laughs> oh, hold on. Have I pressed the wrong button? <laughs> Let me put you back and hold. Hold on. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, going one of them days, though. Uh, area code 973. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Who are we speaking to? Tina, I don't have a question. I just enjoy listening now, so thank you. Okay, you haven't got a question at all? No. No? Okay, then, thanks very much. Thank you. I, I must have interviewed you really well, because they haven't got a question. <laughs> <laughs> So so let's go back, Derek. So what have you got coming up in the future, and what have we got to look forward to with you doing? Well, in actual fact, I'm actually going out, um, which I'm excited about. I'm actually going out to America um, in August um, to, to, um, to do demonstrations and also to, to link with um, um, a couple of seminars, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to doing. Um, also, I'm hoping um, for, we're three-quarters of the way down the line uh, with American networks uh, liking uh, a program idea of mine, and we're just waiting now um, to see and, you know, hope that uh, we'll get that. Um, I also mentioned about two English networks that were interested in uh, another program, and uh, I'm really, really um, positive and buoyant that we're something really, really good is going to eventuate very shortly. In other words, the rubber stamp, um, and then you know to start recording um, from pilot stage, um, and because uh, they've already seen the pilot stage, which they like very much, um, and uh, there are a number of things. Uh, you know, I. I uh, I, I want to go back out to Australia and New Zealand, where I went out to, and uh, that was hugely successful, um, going across the two countries. Um, and the, the eventual, you know, one of those, not so much dreams, one of the things on the top of my head that I've wanted on that list is that um, providing um, these things uh, go well, that I would like to actually do with my production um, a tour of... Uh, America. Excellent. Well, if anybody's listening to the show today and you want to uh, get in touch with Derek over this, then by all means, but please do mention that you spoke, uh, um, you heard him speaking on our Sue show. And uh, maybe, I know there's a lot of people over in America that listen, and there's a lot that are obviously still not up yet, Derek. So, um, But they are going yes. to be uh, listening later on in the show. So hello to everybody who's going to be listening to the archives. Um, now, I've got to ask this question that somebody's asked me in the chat room. Have you, and, and seeing he was into sport going a while back, have you ever met David Icke, and what do you think of him? Have I met Mr. David Icke? Of course I've met David. Um, I, I've known David uh, for a lot of years, um, and I've read a lot of his books. Um, if you're asking me about David Icke, the human being, I'd say he's a thoroughly, thoroughly lovely man. If you're asking about what does Derek Akora think of David Icke's theories or what is knowledge on a lot of things, I'll say at this point, a lot of what David Icke quotes and states to me is the sheer truth. Some I can't accept at this point in time in my thoughts and my life, 
but who knows, maybe those thoughts will change. What I want to say about the greater and grander picture of David I is that the man stands alone, and yet he doesn't. I would say that David I um, he doesn't get his knowledge from spirit, um, but he does source knowledge um, that is, in my estimation, is, is correct. But as I say, there are a number of other things that are not. But as a friend and a person, he's a tremendous human being. Um, and he's one for love and the connection of love. So I think that yeah. sums up my, my feelings on David. Um, yep. Yes, he's, he's a very good man. And, do you know what? And he, just like you, let's face it, he has really, really took it, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's oh, had yes. everything thrown at him. Oh, I mean, yes. I, I I always look at when I must admit I was like the rest of the people if you like the people that were asleep, and I looked at him once upon a time years ago, and I think mm. oh what a load of nonsense that can't mm. be right no way do you mm. know what I mean mm. and now mm. I look back on stuff that he said and quite a lot of stuff that's actually come true and people have actually had to eat their words. Oh yes, I mean he, David mean? is is, is um, uh, very very uh, painstakingly. Um, toured the United States of America, gone to many, many places uh, in his talks and the seminars, and I know he's been listened to by an awful lot of people. And yeah. um, I, 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 I believe that, like I say, um, his sentiments and his, his ideas to an awful lot of things are the truth. Um, and he's a very strong man to take where he's taken, and he'll continue on so. Um, he's a spirited man. Um, and um, if you ask me if I wanted someone to stand alongside me uh, with courage and a person that will face adversity, I would have David Icke on my left side or my right side. And that sums <laughs> up David Icke for me. I've just got to say to everybody that I have actually spoke to your manager about booking you and I want to do an event with you. At the moment, I'm juggling everything, so it's a bit like that. And also, there's something else I want to put to you as well. But I was just sitting here thinking, what an amazing event that would be to have David Icke and yourself on the same night. It would be wonderful. To be, to be able to see two sides of things. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. You speak it's a of, of the idea. Same, you speak of the same language as him, but you both speak in in a different way. You bring yeah. it from the spirit world, and he brings it from a different angle. Yeah. Yes, and so does. I want to say to you um, that I would like to book you when I book David Icke, and I would love to get you both on the stage on the same night, and I would call it Spiritual Awakening. Well, I, I, after hearing that, that's sweet to my ears. I work alongside David Ike any time. Thank you for the offer. It's accepted. Right. I, I copyright that before anybody else goes and copies my idea. That's my idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many times I've thought of And I have got some fantastic ideas for the spiritual world to be able to promote it. And yeah. do you know what? You wouldn't believe how many people have nicked my ideas during it, I can tell you. But I just think... Well, they can't oh my this one. No. <laughs> I, I will call you later on that one. <laughs> the world has been listening, okay? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> is there 
anybody else that, and I've just got to say to you, um, you might have to get in touch with David Icke for me because I have tried to get hold of him numerous times and I still haven't had a reply oh, okay, yet. Yeah. And I would I love can. to interview him on the show. So if you do know him, I would love your help to be able to talk to him. Okay. I will help you. I'm sure he'll come on your, on your show. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, don't you just love this guy? Right, let me go on. <laughs> I've got to now go back to when we first started the show and everybody knows that I'm an animal advocate. Oh, we yeah. have seen some appalling um, parts of the show where we have seen some horrendous videos um, of all different types of cruelty all over the world, Terrible, different yes. things, animals, children, yes. and all sorts. Now, obviously, yes. we heard your dog, so firstly, I need to ask you, what sort of dogs have you got, and what's their story? Okay, well, I've got, uh, at this moment, I've got two dogs. One is called Penny. She's a German Shepherd. She's 10 years old. And Jack. He's a standard poodle. You know the big poodles, big tall yeah. ones? Yeah. And he's brown of colour. Um, they've been with us. They're both ten. They came into our house uh, one day, and then the next one came in the second day. So they've been brought up together from puppies. Um, fabulous dogs, lovely dogs, caring, unconditional love given to Gwen and I um, uh, all these years. And... Uh, We've always, always had uh, animals around us. Up to a little while back, we had uh, cats. We had four cats, two of which were named as um, Mork and Mindy from the American yeah. um, TV series many years ago. Um, yeah. And the brother and sister, and they came to us as little kittens. And, you know, um, Mork stayed with us till he was 18, but Mindy stayed with us until she was 24. So oh, really? Quite an yeah, and they lived very happily with dogs. And, um, of course, I've got chickens, I've got ducks, I've got koi carp fish. So we've got quite a menagerie around us here at our home. Oh, goodness. I I'm coming around to yours for coffee. I'm in my element already. <laughs> You're I most welcome. I've actually got three dogs myself, 15 cats, because I've rescued them as well. I've got good, a tarantula, corn snake and all sorts. But... The thing is with um, the, the thing we need with the cruelty aspect is we need somebody like yourself, a celebrity, somebody in the know-how where we can get some support from you to be able to get the awareness out there. And I was wondering if you'd actually be able to help us. With the Ask Sue Show, we're trying to get it out there. We've even started to do, well, actually, I'm just going to say Max in the chat room was and Philippa McKee um, both decided that they were going to put a petition together for me to be able to get onto Big Brother on the hope that I could actually be able to help more animals out there because there is so much going on with this. And we just yes. cannot get the awareness out there, Derek. What are, what are your thoughts on how we can make changes and what have you seen, you know, during your travels? Well, I've seen horrific things and I've also seen very endearing things. I mean, we're traveling on our tours. Um, we've been to many places over the years, even, you know, abroad. Uh, what comes to mind in Ireland and Scotland um, last year, especially Ireland, um, we were taken to a cat rescue centre that wasn't um, uh, given any government funds or by donations and people of animal lovers. And we saw something that was so unbelievable. Um, and the love uh, uh, of the sanctuary. We saw every type of cat, you know, uh, different um, breeds. We saw how they were being cared for, how they were being looked after. 
um, all but the unconditional love of animal lovers. And we, we were so struck by it that we we uh, kept in touch with them, and we've been to others, other places, and they're doing sterling jobs. They're doing fantastic jobs, and what they're doing. Uh, rescuing uh, cats, this and the other, getting them back to full health, finding homes for them, um, making sure that the cats are very he healthy before they go to homes. Um, and I think it's wonderful. The vast majority are not centrally funded, governmental funded, always yeah. donations. Um, I'd like to see a lot more of these animal sanctuaries um, popping up uh, again, but it's it's money again um, for awareness. For awareness, I'm actually uh, running alongside my. This is why my um, my autobiography is not finished yet, or even near finished, because I started writing uh, a book about animals, and I had to put that down when the I got asked about the autobiography, and we are now trying our best to complete this. Um, and in, in this book, it's talking about, you, we're talking about more domesticated animals, um, rescue animals, talking about the personalities, talking about the spirit within them, talking about that, you know, you can um, not strike a conversation over your animal, but you can learn in a deeper way of understanding and your animal understanding you. you know, there is a, yeah. like a universal... Uh, voice, if you like, uh, but you've got to, you know, learn uh, the animal's ways and, and so on and so forth. Um, but where awareness is concerned, I would say um, what would be the best bet is to maybe get a, a group or a number of people that are, i.e., known or celebrity status um, and get their interests collectively together and then organize some kind of, um, it depends in what way, Sue, you're talking about going, what direction are you talking about? Well, any and every, I have got a few ideas, but I, I think I will talk to you about that maybe after the show, because there's some a couple of things that I would love to do, um, but mm. you know what it's like, if you go and put it out there, you'll get too many others not doing it right. And, and the thing oh, with yeah. me is people will know that with me, if I'm doing something, I want it done right, and I haven't got a problem with somebody nicking my idea, but it, it's a bit, a bit disappointing when somebody nicks your idea and they didn't do it half as good as you wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And you'll that. probably understand yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I understand that. You know what I mean? But, you know, I just think that... What, what disappoints me with some, and I'm not saying you, because I see that you do loads of different things, um, but, you know, we do have that the celebrities don't... Let's put it this way. You've got so many people that are celebrities that they could put a post out there and it would go global in minutes. And they don't yeah. use that sometimes. They could help so many people. Just by, say, one Twitter, one post yeah. on Facebook could make a global effect just because one person said it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. and I think that's really hard sometimes. I think you know the the general public have put them there, but then they're not willing to do. And, and I do see that you put a lot of things out there, and you've done charity events and all sorts, and, and that's fantastic. Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? But I, mm. I think it's hard sometimes, and especially there's a lot of um, things going on in the world that want to change. But sometimes I think there's more people could do more together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is, I mean, what you can do. 
um, you know, after the interview. I mean, we can we can speak again, um, and of course speak with Gwen as well. Um, yep. And we will. Um, I'm sure we'll come up with a, uh, collectively um, a way of going about doing something like this. Okay. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, what have you got planned for the rest of the day, then, Derek? Well, okay, I've got to, <laughs> very mundane <laughs> things. Um, I've got to go into town um, to the uh, banking system and do something there. Uh, I've then got to, very mundane things, I've got to phone Sky TV and ask them to send an engineer out because our television is um, on the blink. Um, <laughs> and then I've got to sit down and dedicate a couple of hours to the book. Um, then it's dog walking time, uh, and after that, then I've got to go and look after the um, the chickens. Um, so all very mundane things, but you know, all important things. Yeah. Now, my very obviously, I need to let you go. I can't believe two hours has gone so fast. I could talk yeah. to you all day long. I have so thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but you. I've got to say, how. Do you actually unwind, Derek? I imagine that if you go out somewhere, you are noticed. How does Derek Akora actually just be himself and just be out there? Do you, well, do you, I, I mean, it's not difficult. I mean, you, you, you do get recognised, which is very lovely of people, and people don't yeah. put on you. They, they'll stop and say hello, and I've been watching your programmes or repeats, and all very nice, mostly all very nice. But... I go about my, my, my time, I, I do ordinary things, I don't do things um, out of the ordinary, I, I've got simple um, uh, tastes, um, I'm no different than a, a person that wants to, um, uh, say for instance, I, we might take a phone call, it could be one of our friends, one of our family, and say, look, um, we're nipping to uh, so-and-so, uh, you fancy coming out for a, a bite to eat, and we'll go and uh, have a meal, and maybe yeah. one or two uh, drinks. Um, we go to the cinema. Um, we go um, periodically. We go and play bowls. We like bowling. Um, just ordinary things. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're not. Um, we're not people that. Uh, when we're at home, we're at home. Uh, I'm not one of those people that needs to be out in the likes of your cities at night, night time, <laughs> and all this. You know. Yeah. That's not, not what we're about, Gwen and I. We're, we're happy in our own company, uh, family company, and friends. Um, there's nothing, a, a person would probably say, oh, they just do ordinary things. Well, yes, that's, we just do ordinary things. Yeah. We're happy with yeah. just doing ordinary things, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, what's I go your to the top... occasional football Sorry. game, you know, when I can. Yeah. So what's your top hobby then? What does, what's your most relaxing part? What's your, what, do you, what do you enjoy the most? Well, it's going to sound so simple and, and, and ridiculous. What I enjoy most, I enjoy being in the company uh, with my dogs because we live in the countryside and we go for walks and we, we, can, we can walk for miles across the fields without being interrupted by traffic or anything like that. Um, yeah. And just being out with the dogs is fantastic. Um, again, being you know going and feeding the chickens, uh, clearing the hen house or... Uh, tending my pool to make sure that my, my water's uh, correct for the fish. Um, these things around the house, they, they mean uh, so much to me. Um, yeah. 
because they give me they they allow me to chill out and just be thinking about this one thing. I'm not thinking about my work because I'm not actually doing that work. So it gives yeah. me a chill out period. It gives me a uh, a way of resting part of my mind that gets used when I'm I'm doing my work. And I'm, I'm using the other side where it's just again unadulterated um, uh, purity of uh, love towards my animals, you know, and giving them the best care, looking after them. Um, I I don't do a number of things I'd like to do uh, yet, but um, there are little things that I, I would like to go up. Many years ago, I got my pilot's license, I took my lessons and what have you, and I always promised myself that I wouldn't buy a plane. I couldn't afford one anyway, but um, even a, a small piper. But it's been a dream that I, I, I would like to get a microlight and go up and just fly uh, at a couple of thousand feet around the coast area, and I'd love to do that. That's something I'm going to achieve because I've set my mind I'll do it. Um, yeah. I, I can honestly say, hand on heart, you've got more nerve than me because they go over Shropshire quite regularly, and I look and I think, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, yes, I've always well, loved, I've always loved the thought of going in a hot air balloon, but oh, then yes. I, 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 I just think, oh, that that height. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you know yes, what I mean? I was thinking, go yeah, quite high. Yes. Um, well, yeah. I, I mean, and the, and the I, fact I, they haven't got a steering wheel worries me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. But yeah, um, you know, I, 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 just the simple things, I, I, you know, I do. I mean, I would also, if I wasn't so busy, I've even been thinking about, you know, um, I, I like nothing better to go into a um, uh, a small uh, uh, car and do a little bit of racing around the um, the track. Um, yeah. I haven't done enough of that. I, I would like to do that, you know. Uh, when there's no other cars racing, I don't mean that just to take it round tracks and stuff like that and, and see what it feels like. Um, just simple things, things that some I haven't done yet, some which I'm, I'm, I will plan to do. Um, yeah. And, and, and see how much I enjoy him, you know, enjoy doing it. I'd like to scuba dive. Um, I've been to some fabulous places, uh, been very fortunate to go to different places in the world where the water has been absolutely fantastic, you know, to go down and see the fish. But I haven't achieved that yet. It's something I'm, I'm going to, I'm considering. Yeah, yeah. It all sounds absolute fascinating. And, and can I just say, though, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I mean, obviously, I've been watching um, you on the shows, and I've always loved watching everything that you've done. Um, I was hoping to see you at Dudley a few months back when my friend went, and I wasn't able to go. But I oh. can honestly say, hand on heart, as soon as I can, I will be up to see you at one of your shows. Hopefully, maybe one of our own. Who knows? Yes. Um, but I will speak to you about that. Derek and David Icke sounds very good to me. <laughs> sounds very good to me as well. Yes. But, Derek, thank you so, so much for joining us on the show tonight. Now, tonight, I oh, see I'm so used to doing night time. I'm, I'm in <laughs> tonight's mode still. <laughs> um, yes. Derek, just tell everybody your website where they can contact you. Um, Derek Acora. Uh, no, Acora. Dot Johnson at which dot net. Okay. Uh, and and um, what, your 
website address. Oh, let me just find this link. Um, we have yep. to put all your links into the chat room as well. It's www.derekacora.com. Yes. Excellent. So where's your next event then, Derek? Where's the next place you're well, at? Well, my next event, it, we're, we're in Not. I'll just reel them out to you. Um, we're in Norwich, that I understand, if I can just, yeah. We're in Norwich, um, at a place called the uh, Madder Market. Then we're in um, Stanford Corn Exchange. Then we're in Braintree, the Bocking Arts Theatre, South, uh, South Sea King Theatre, Berwick upon Tweed, the Maltings, uh, the Whitley Bay Playhouse, New Brighton Cricket Club, the Market Drayton um, Festival Centre, two nights, uh, Port, uh, the Factory, Ebervale, that's in Wales, uh, Bowfront Theatre, Port Call, again in Wales, the Grand Pavilion, Hartford Theatre, the Bluebell Hotel in Bridlington, Boston Blackfriars Arts Centre, um, Sutton Colville um, Century Theatre, the Hilton in Coventry, and then we do a bank of seven shows across Ireland, uh, Lisbon, Land Arts Centre, Ballymena, the uh, Braid Arts Centre, Armagh, the Marketplace Theatre, Coleraine, Riverside Theatre, um, Stranra, the Alley Theatre, Strathbourne, Omar, um, yes, the Omar Studio Arts Centre, the Belfast Studio Centre, Waterfront Hall, Harberton um, Public Halls, Cheltenham Town Hall Studio, and then the last one for a little break is the Lincoln Drill Hall. Excellent. So you obviously do need a bit of time out and a bit of rest, bless you. <laughs> yes, we're doing, uh, it's a very busy, comprehensive tour, um, and I suppose by the time we've finished the whole tour, um, leading towards December, we're probably, uh, it's looking at maybe about 120 theatres for this tour which is quite a, a busy time. Yes, yes. And, and I know, obviously, I've been looking, um, obviously, on, on the different links on Facebook, and I know a lot of people are booking tickets, and I just want to say to everybody, book your tickets, because you don't want to miss out on missing an, missing an absolute and lovely gentleman, which we've spoken to today. Derek, again, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on the Ask Sue Show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you in the very near future about organising some events with Ask Sue as well. Yes, please do. Let's do it, Sue. It's been a pleasure um, being with you and, uh, and your listeners. And, uh, yes, we will get together and we'll do something really positive and really bright, okay? Excellent. Derek, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Sue. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And can I just say to everybody, now that Derek has just left the, left the line, Oh, my goodness, that was brilliant. I absolutely, thoroughly enjoyed that. And I want to thank every single one of you to, for listening to an absolute fantastic show. I would like to, again, thank Derek Okora for joining me. And a big hello to Gwen, who I am going to be interviewing in the near future. I've spoken to her this morning. And we're going to do maybe the other side of Derek Okora the personal parts about Derek, uh, to be able to find out exactly what is on the other side with him. Um, thank you very much to everybody who has actually listened to the
the show today. Thank you to everybody who's supporting the Ask Sue show. You can find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Ask Sue Radio Show Network. There's also the group Ask Sue Show. And there's also the website Ask Sue Radio Show dot wix dot com forward slash voice the number four voiceless. So again that's ask sue radio show dot wix dot com forward slash voice for voiceless. And anybody who would who is interested in uh, the idea of me doing the uh, Derek Cora and David Ike, by all means you can email me at ask sue show at gmail dot com. That's ask sue show at gmail.com. Please, by all means, anybody who wants to email me, maybe you want to hear of other shows that we've got coming up and uh, other events as well, by all means, uh, join me um, on Facebook or on the email or the website. Again, thank you very much to Derek Akora. Thank you very much to Gwen for speaking to me this morning. We had a bit of a, uh, a thing this morning trying to get them into the show. So thank you very much to Gwen. And again, I thank every single one of you for joining the show. Uh, thank you very much. And um, I'll just uh, very quickly put a little bit of music on just to finish the show off and for us to unwind. I'll be going into the chat room to go and have a little natter with you all to see if you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you very much for joining the show. This is a goodbye from Ask Sue. Bye-bye. <laughs>